All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, we have a real treat. We've got Emirate in the building or virtual studio, as we should say. He's an international speaker, podcast host, and founder of the Inspired Evolution Certified by Eckhart Tolle's School of Awakening, he is also Mind Valley's Master Certified Trainer for Australia and India. Emirate delivers keynotes, talks, seminars, and workshops for the Inspired Evolution in Mind Valley in the United States, Europe, Asia, and Australia. And it's just a flat-out awesome human. So thank you for being on the show. Welcome. <laughs> Touch wood, brother. <laughs> thank you so much for that. It is such a such a pleasure to be here and an absolute treat, absolute treat to connect with you once again. Um, and yeah, it's interesting when you hear your bio <laughs> read back out to you and like it's just very flattering of you, very flattering of you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, well, it's all well-deserved. I, I mean, I can't wait to dive in. You're... <laughs> You know, uh, for as a podcast host as well. I mean, you you've interviewed some some incredible people. I'm not just saying that because I've been on your show. Be, I just realized I just realized how weird that's going to sound. <laughs> uh, but you've interviewed other incredible people. Yes, amazing people like Mark as well. Yeah. <laughs> Notwithstanding. <laughs> uh, uh, that aside, that yeah. aside, I mean, you you just you have such such stunning work, and there's there's a there's a big overlap, uh, I think, and just even with Mind Valley and a lot of the work over there and, and mm-hmm. all that. And the people that listen to this show are, are into this space. So I'm excited to dive in specifically uh, within your expertise. But first, obviously, unpack some of your story. And uh, one way I like to do that is by asking every guest the same question to open up the show and to avoid job titles. And that mm. is just, who are you? You know, who are you today? The, the person that we we, we see or are listening to right now? Yeah, it's a beautiful question. And I love and I've checked out your work. And actually, it's really intriguing because I used to ask that question at the end of every episode of the Inspired Evolution. Oh, <laughs> and now I've changed it to what is your Inspired Evolution just because it, it it's more, yeah, anyway. Um, but it's a great question. And in fact, who I am is something that we're always unpacking, right? It's, it's, you never really know the answer. Um, what I find is when I sit in silence, I'm the closest I feel to getting to realize potentially what is really in there and what's really possible when, you know, all the yummy gooey bits of who I am. But I know that's a super spiritual answer and it doesn't really answer your question the way potentially you were seeking for an answer. If I was looking for a, a like a more Western sort of, yep, what is the answer of what you do? And I love this because I'm a coach and I'm a speaker and a podcaster and everybody goes, oh, okay, so what is it? Like, is it coaching? Is it speaking? Is it podcasting? And honestly, I've done enough of this work now to own myself to realize, and I say this to people that sign up for coaching as well, it's like, sorry, you signed up for coaching, but really what you've got is a conversationalist. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a conversationalist. Um, It's what really brings me the most joy. Conscious conversations light up my world. And just the ability of, you know, 
I love, I love your work, as you know, um, and how one question can truly change your life. And for me, it's, you know, the propensity of, you know, one conversation, one really deep conversation. It doesn't even have to be what was said in the conversation, but being received, to be listened to, and then just, you know, the ambience of that. And then also then, you know, having some really profound thoughts to leave that conversation with can truly change the trajectory of your life. And it has done so for me again and again so many times. So, yeah. Amrit Sandu, conversationalist. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. And how, I mean, just to give some perspective or context, I mean, how did you get into this work? What's some of your backstory into, uh, you know, being able to answer as a uh, conversationalist and, and your first answer as well, right? Being able to sit in si- silence and, and leverage stillness and really starting to, to get clear in that sense. I mean, that that doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> yeah, it does, definitely doesn't happen overnight. Um, yeah, it's it's a journey of self-inquiry. And I think a lot of people, likely those that are tuning into your podcast, tuned into my podcast, are on that journey of self-inquiry. Um, and you have, you know, I think we often feel like there's going to be this aha moment, which is just like, bing, and like, you know, the, the, the clouds open up, the sun parts, and it literally just opens up this portal that flows just onto you. <laughs> and you're like, I'm getting all the secrets of the universe downloaded right now. But um, my, my, my reality is like bit by bit, bit by bit, just commitment and then consistency, commitment and consistency, um, realizations continue to drop in. Um, and if you focused on a particular thing for a while and, you know, one of the questions that I consistently ask myself um, is what is the intention that is emerging in me right now? right? Um, And using that intention to sort of guide my inner work. So instead of me going, oh, I'd like to work on this, it's like, oh, I've got a whole stack of challenges or I've got a whole stack of this going on or like a bunch of flow is showing up in this space. What is that around? Is it around nature? Is it around family? Is it around abundance? Is it around joy? Is it around stillness? So I'll sort of tune into what's emerging and I'll just carry that body of work for an extended period of time. And I've been doing that now for longer than I can remember. <laughs> we could say like <laughs> six years, eight years, maybe longer. Um, okay. So yeah, that's the kind of me doing the work. Um, but fundamentally in terms of the story and where things have pivoted, it's interesting reflecting back on the response that I gave you because my a big part of you know my work is I find that your biggest challenges actually equate to your biggest gifts. And I've just having interviewed so many people now living the life that inspires me to evolve. Um, I just see it again and again, the people that are playing all out are the ones having the largest impact, but they're also, you know, the, the archetype of the wounded healer is like a really Mm. strong one. Yeah. Um, and they've had some of their challenges and my biggest challenge, one of my biggest challenges was I struggled with six years of depression And the way I describe it is like meditation and mindfulness completely reconstituted my life. So, you know, hence the stillness and coming back to connecting to, you know, that connection to self in a really deep way. How did did that show up uh, in, you know, because a lot of us obviously struggle with with various uh, mental health situations and whatnot. And I'm curious, I always like to try to, to unpack or expose, like, how yeah. did the, how did the meditation and that work come to you at that time? So that if there's someone that's listening, that's really struggling, maybe that's an unlock for them. Yeah, absolutely. So I won't focus too much, I guess, actually, I'll, I'll try and put the, the long story into a concise story. So basically sure. my, my depression struggled from, um, I was living out of alignment 
to my values and it was a really unhealthy expression of that. Um, to put the long story short, growing up at, with an Eastern family in a Western world, um, yeah. there was just some things that were really jarring in between there um, in terms of how I presented myself, how I showed up and how I thought I needed to show up based on, you know, the cultural values that I grew up with versus the world that I was actually integrating into. And so not being received for who I authentically am and not feeling like I could be received for that. And then, you know, this consistent jarring, um, internally. And now what I understand about depression and anxiety, even addiction, a lot of what commonly ails us in you know this 21st century is a lack of connection and there was a lack of connection to my authentic self and being able to express that and so fast forward you know I was offered when I was sitting opposite the the psychiatrist she was like you know what you're going to be okay because a and this is really important you know something's wrong and two you're willing to change and she Mm. just said those in passing at the time but I didn't really realize how important those two factors were having subsequently gone on to becoming a coach and coaches generally focus on your future therapists look at your past but you know there is an overlap you know people generally have stuff to unpack that helps them unpack their future better so when she said that you know you're willing to change something's wrong and you can identify it you know you're going to be okay in a little bit in her infinite wisdom, she prescribed me, um, you know, antidepressants. And sure. I also ended up from the doctor getting a mindfulness practice. I didn't know it was mindfulness at the time. She said, breathe. Yeah. Like this is a breathing <laughs> exercise. And I remember looking at her just going, are you serious, man? Like, you know, I'm an adolescent male. I'm like, you know, 22 or something Like, I've been breathing. <laughs> I'm here at 22. Like, I do this every day. <laughs> no, <you haven't>. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. And, um, and so, yeah, so I went home, took my first antidepressant and it literally was an amazing high followed by an amazing flattening out, which wasn't so amazing. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure I want to yo-yo like this all the time. And so I didn't know much, but I sort of just picked up the box and some part of me internally just put it in the bin and I was like, oh, not sure that's for me, Uh, which was actually quite a big deal at the time because I had no tools, if you will, um, to support me. It was like, like, you know, a young man, you know, in the abyss of, okay, I've got depression, I've been diagnosed with it, I'm not sure what to do, this is what the psychiatrist recommended, but this doesn't feel right and I just popped it in the bin. And then I had a moment where the breathing, um, like the anxiety literally closed on the walls and depression anxiety very closely linked. Now I understand a lot mm-hmm. about this thanks to Eckhart Tolle's work. Depression is when your mind continues to want to slip into the past and doesn't anchor in the present and anxiety is when it wants to slip into the future more has a propensity for that rather than anchoring into the present. And because we don't have that anchor to the present, we slip back and forwards, back and forwards, depression, anxiety, depression, anxiety, rather than being anchored in in the moment. So, yeah, I felt this anxiety. And by God's grace, I had my um, breathing exercise. She wrote it on a post-it note for me and I had it in the back, on the back of my phone. Oh, wow, okay. I just went, you know what, I'm just going to, okay, I'll try. And I started breathing and the walls that were closing in literally started pushing out as I went... One, two, three, four, five. And I was just like, whoa, like what is going on here? And 
then that started bringing me to just breathing through when I started feeling those challenges, when I started like leaning into the past or the future, it started bringing me on a journey to unpack more and more mindfulness. And it was a tool that was helping me real time in the moment again and again, because it was a really challenging time. Like my whole world had come crashing down in order for me to have this realization. So that six months are really connected to mindfulness as a tool that whenever I started feeling like, you know, just the closing of the heart or, you know, the head was really challenged by something just to breathe and be in the moment and I would do that for 5, 10, 15 minutes, just sit there and count my breaths. And then, by God's grace, I sort of started unpacking, oh, what am I actually doing? And I was like, oh, it's mindfulness. Ah, okay, mindfulness is a type of meditation. Right, meditation. And growing up Indian, my dad was always this meditator. He'd sit in the sun for an hour every day. But it was always like something he did and I never really connected to like what it was, you know. Um, oh, and I realized – Ah, meditation. And that's when I started meditating. And the beauty that came from it was, you know, I talked about the misalignment of values. When you're mindful in the moment and you're not sort of slipping into the past and slipping into the future, you can actually, from the moment, like make a conscious decision about how you want to respond to situations rather than just reacting based on a past version of yourself or a future version of yourself that you're trying to project you want to be. Um, You just come back into the moment and it's like, actually, what is my truth right here? And you can actually express that authentically. And then that started healing so much of my journey. Um, And so, yeah, that's when meditation really started dropping in as a practice to support my path. I know I said I'd give you the short version, but it went for a little bit longer anyway. It still was the short version. (laughs) There's no rules over here. I mean, that, that, that was great. It was great. I'm always fascinated with the simplicity of the breath and how, I mean, even myself, how we, you know, if we're not conscious about how we're breathing, I, I pick it up in the day with myself. You start kind of hunching over as you're working mm. and, oh, wait a second, just take a, you know, a deep breath in. I, I did a talk with a, a group of high school students actually yesterday, and mm-hmm. I was actually quite nervous to start off the, uh, the, the session with essentially just three deep breaths, right? Just mm-hmm kind of selfishly for myself to calm my, <laughs> calm my own nerves. But then yeah. also, you know, I was in the talk, I was relating back to, you can see how you feel literally mm. just in three slow, deep breaths. Right. And it's like, we've, if we've never been taught this, you know, it's the most powerful. It's like, it's the first thing you do when you're born, right? Like, mm. and it's the last thing you do when you die. Yeah, totally. totally. So and- powerful. I remember tuning into, you know, in India going to a, um, yeah, like the, the body of work at certain monasteries is literally the first class you learn is breathing because mm. exactly what you described is the first thing you do is the last thing you'll do ever. And it's like, but we're not taught that in the West, you know. And it's interesting just reflecting back on what you're sharing because I'm literally reading, um, I'm not sure if you've heard of James Nestor or a book called Breath. Oh, um, Yeah. And yeah, I'm reading yellow it right cover, now. right? Yeah, and I'm reading yeah. it right now. And it's really interesting because, like I said before, it's like, you know, the work continues, you know, it's like consistent, you know, it's like, yes, mindfulness has been a big part of my life. And yet I'm literally reading that book, another book on breath and breathing right now. And I'm uncovering so much more about how important it is to breathe through your nose and not through your mouth. Um, yeah, you know, it. it's yeah. the work continues and it's always present for you. Um, but, yeah, breathing is it's a remarkable gift because it's, it's always in the present moment, you know, it's always in the present moment and it's such a gift to be anchored into that. Um, and it, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous how simple it is and how profound it is at the same time. It's like, 
Yeah. So true. Yeah. But this is why, this is what's beautiful about, you know, the fact, you know, you're reading James Nestor's book and there's just so much, there's so many other things out there. It's that, I mean, we need the reminders, right? Mm. We need the reminders to just, oh, wait a second, there's there's more here. And, and it's not about, at least for me, it's not about stacking on more and more and more that to essentially fuel, fuel it, you know, probably the, the, the things that we're trying to release with these practices, not about the kind of being counterintuitive, but I, I find it so encouraging and hopeful that once you start, I mean, for you, it was, it was very simple, you know, counting of the breaths. So then that, you know, brought back your meditation. And then, mm. you know, for me, it was journaling and then then breath, I mean, breath work has been a staple for me now, then meditation, it just, there's, there's always something that you can explore mm -hmm. and that have beautiful side effects when you start exploring, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And just on that, like, I'm sure you find this with journaling, um, but all the good things in life, like, you know, cause being a purpose coach, you know, there's this, what like brings me joy? What's the path worth committing myself to? And it's really interesting. Like, I'm sure you find this with journaling. I get it with meditation. I get it with music as well. Unfortunately, all the really good things that are really wholesome, they don't have like a clear end, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like you can meditate and you can learn to breathe and you'll be learning for the end of like all the way through the end of your life. And it'll just be something that just continue opening and unpacking meditation, the same journaling, the same, or is there other things where it's like, you know what, like I can, you know, I've gotten really good at chopping a tree and boom, I'm, I'm a gun at chopping yeah. a tree. You know, it's like much more like tangible as a skill. Uh, but yeah, sorry, I interrupted. Yeah. Just to throw that no, <laughs> I, I think, I think it's beautiful. I mean, as you were speaking uh, earlier in one of the, one of your responses, I mean, I wrote down, you know, what is my truth right now? I mean, for me, it's the prompts, right? Cause mm. the, there's so many questions we can ask. I mean, and there's, I mean, there's a theme obviously to that prompt and I've definitely explored that in my own journey, but just your angle to it, there's there's a bit of a different flavor. And like, I can't wait to leverage that prompt in mm. my own practice, right? So I, I think, I mean, I'm biased, obviously, and you're probably biased too, because we're in it, but I, I just, I think it's beautiful. And if mm. we are open and curious and, you know, allow ourselves to, to be vulnerable and explore, then there's just so much, you know, there's so much to gain in that, in that whole experience, right? Totally, totally. I'm, um, I'm curious because I think, you know, there's one thing to find these practices and find the benefits for yourself and whatnot, but how did you, or what, what gave you the courage to teach others? Because that's, <laughs> that's a different, that's a different game. It is a different thing altogether, but honestly, it's not, you know, and this is, it's a great question, Mark. Thanks for, thanks for asking that because it's a big part of what I teach people on in purpose coaching is generally you have a few curiosity intersection points and you know, the curiosity then overflows into this cup of yours, which I call the passion cup. And, you know, as you continue to stoke the fires of your curiosity, your passion will build. Yeah. And it'll just build and build and build. Generally what I find people are trying to do is they've got a particular curiosity and they're like, surely that's my purpose. And they're not cultivating yeah. that passion piece. They're just rushing away from, Oh, I've got an idea here. Let me build my life around it. And you know, some people fail, which is actually a blessing. And some people succeed, which is not always a blessing either, which is like, you know, cause it's yeah. you've built this thing, which is a behemoth, which is actually, you know, like not what you were, what was aligned for you. 
nonetheless. So taking the time to actually cultivate your passions, like stewing your curiosities, you know, spent years meditating. And so from there, getting to a point where where something gives you so much, you're overflowing with it anyway. Like you can't turn it off yeah. because it's, I, I've, I was definitely guilty of this at some point. It's like, oh, your finger hurts. Oh, have you tried meditating? Oh, your toe hurts. Have you tried meditating? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I was definitely that guy for a moment um, because it was just like, it gave me so much that it was just like, dude, you got to try this thing. Like it's just ridiculously good for you. Um, yeah. Just the benefits were just infinite for someone that was in my situation that, and then the type of people that I started interacting with, meeting, they were curious about it or they were meditators themselves. And, you know, it was just a natural sort of like that was the frequency of the, of the people I was meeting and ev- like everything really. And at that point it started just naturally happening. The people were like, actually, you know, I want to, you know, you've been doing this for a while. Can you show me or can you help me like how to build a practice of meditating? And I was like, look, I'm not qualified to do this. I've just done my own experience. And like, yeah, but, you know, you're relatable, you're accessible, touch wood, and I'd love to learn from you. I was like, okay, sure. You know, and I just started doing that, doing that, doing that. And eventually it started getting to the point where it's like I want to actually – it was so fun to serve others and understand more about my practice because I was just doing my practice, whereas actually mm-hmm. supporting others and they're like, oh, but that doesn't go that way for me. And I was like, oh, is that a universal truth or is that an amorate truth? Oh, oh okay. Totally relate. Right. <laughs> like, there's so yeah. much yumminess in all of that. And it's like, actually, this works for a whole bunch of people or this only works for amorate or this only works for, you know. And so all of that offering, basically, when you start overflowing with your passions, if you can learn to serve others with them, that key word service, right, then becomes your purpose. It's literally as simple as that. Your passions are for you and if you can serve your passions for others, that's your purpose, right? But connect to your passions, allow that to overflow. Don't rush through that passion piece. And that's just what happened with meditation and understanding purpose also became a massive piece for me and that's, you know, that service is what I offer the world. So it, yeah, it literally just came from a point of loving it so much um, and it giving me so much that by the end of it, it was hard not to sort of just go, hey, have you tried? Have you tried? Have you tried? And people go, yes, yeah. I want to learn more. I want to learn more. And me just offering that further. And that is what you see today in the Inspired Evolution. That's amazing. Amazing. So people, I mean, essentially people started to ask the questions and, mm. and could see your passion. Um, I love it. There's, I mean, I, I definitely want to ask you about you know, the, the podcast and I, I'm curious, I mean, I, I went through some of the back episodes as well and it, 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 it you can quickly see one of the, your most popular episodes, right? Marissa Peer. Uh, I would love to know what you learned from her or oh. what surprised you when you were interviewing her. Yeah. So there was some really great stuff on camera and there's also some really great stuff off camera. So the 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 fact that we're always talking to ourselves yeah like in our mind uh, there's always a voice on and with meditation people often are looking to sort of clear their mind yeah but it's not necessarily that yeah it's just being dropping into a place where you can witness the talking mind and just allow it to talk without judgment and generally what happened it will start talking a little bit more intriguingly and it'll be like hey what about this thought come on listen and you're like oh you got me again <laughs> you know and you go on the <laughs> yeah. floor and then it's like come back and so the fact that we're always 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 talking to ourselves the voice is always on there are moments in meditation where you know you have a really clear meditation and even today and you know it happens for me one in every three 
you know, and the engineering me goes, okay, that just means I'm going to sit more frequently so I can finally get to that third line quicker. (laughs) But um, yeah, so we're always talking to ourselves. And the other piece from there was that actually we have a bias for survival, which I like to call it a survival bias, but the way she would put it is it's a negativity bias. Mm-hmm. right because you want to survive you're like fear-based bias which is a negativity bias let's just call it what it is for sake of conciseness conciseness in this conversation so you've got a negativity bias and knowing that so interrupting those patterns of thoughts by consciously using understanding your fears and going you know what if like one of the biggest fears that she says most people are running around with 70% of the population is I'm not enough. I'm not yeah. enough. All your other thoughts are like, Hey, like something else has popped out, but it looks like, or like I'm not happy enough or I don't have a nice enough car or I really want this or I really want that. And it's like, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough is the fundamental fear that your mind is sort of projecting out. So interrupting that and just going, you know what? Let's pop in an affirmation, which again, meditation mantra, <laughs> it's very much like having a mantra. I'm yeah. enough. I'm enough. I'm enough. I'm enough. And you're basically rewiring your negative bias. And I don't think we overcome it completely, you know, but I think we give ourselves more pathways. Like let's say I'm holding up five fingers connecting to Mm -hmm. each other, you know, say four are dedicated to the negative bias and one is connected to the positivity bias. Over time doing, you know, this work, you end up with two versus three, you know, and if you're really lucky, you'll end up with three versus two positive to negative, you know, so you can actually start rewiring your brain for a positivity bias. Um, and then, and, and even recognizing that you're saying I'm not enough. I feel like that's the, that's the big one that, that most, and myself included, that you get caught up on the autopilot and any of these practices help you, Oh, wait a second need to go a little deeper there and you can use whatever tool obviously or multiple tools that that work for you and then start reprogramming right it is it totally and it is a little bit insidious right like one of the things i find myself asking my clients and coaching and this is sounds sort of weird because empowerment is a big part of it but you know i asked did you ever stand a chance which is kind of in juxtaposition to that because what I mean by that, did you ever stand a chance, is like capitalistic societies thrive on you consuming and you're the best consumer when you feel like you need and want and your feed, feeling like you need and want is coming from a place of you lacking something, right? Yeah. So that lack is like it's a part of the cultural, social sort of design in a capitalistic society. So you feeling like you're not enough, like did you ever stand a chance? Like was that your shit or was that somebody else's programmed into you do you know what i mean it's it's a it's a bit of a thing to sit with it's a bit of a thing to sit with so yeah yeah hello everyone i first wanted to say thanks for being here and i hope you're enjoying the show i wanted to let you know if you're interested i just launched the better questions newsletter designed to provide you with a consistent 15-minute opportunity to pause and think because a pause leads to clarity and operating with intention where we all win and thrive. The newsletter is short, simple, and practical, providing with three quality reflective prompts and mental fitness twice a month. But as always, I'll adjust the frequency based on your feedback. Never forget, at any point, you are always one question away from a completely different life or outcome. You can sign up over at BehindTheHuman.com, which will also give you a free preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. BehindTheHuman.com. Now back to the show. Do you find working with, with, with clients and groups and whatnot that 
for people that are just starting out in the work that there's a period there where you're actually increasing the self-awareness and all of that. And it actually feels potentially like on the, on the client side that things are actually worse because they're noticing, they're noticing more, right. For a period of time until you can, you know, start reprogramming and, and continuing, but. Yes. Um, it does. And also just through the function of coaching, you know, there's that sort of duality to the coaching because generally people go on a 12 month journey with me. So the first few months, it's like they've signed up for a coach and they're realizing, and generally these days it's purpose coaching. So, you know, they've signed up for a coach for 12 months and we're dropping every fortnight and all they can focus on is what's not in alignment, you know, but it's great because they've got this person that they're dropping in with and going, Hey, I still haven't figured it out. (laughs) It's like, it's okay. we'll figure it out. You know, like we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there, you know, but it's like that consistent, just that interaction of just having someone in your life, hold that space for the first couple of months can be really jarring. Cause it's like, Oh my God, like I've invested in this purpose thing. And yet like, I'm so aware that I'm not on purpose and it can be more and more frustrating. And then God forbid it takes, you know, three, four months for you to cultivate your passions and find what they really are. You know, from that point, it's like, oh my God, it's taking way longer than I thought it would. And it's like, yeah, but your career that you're currently in, you spent like 15 years to put together, 20 years to put together, you know, and you want this to flip in like two months, like just breathe for a sec. Yeah. (laughs) Here's James Nestor's book. Take a breath. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. And so like yeah. in that space, then yes, it does feel that. But then also that is, you know, the Japanese have these terms like Kensho and Satori. And there's two ways that you can learn. Kensho is pain and suffering. And it's the samurai stick is what they liken it to. And Satori is like Samadhi, that moment of ah, where the heavens open up, like I described mm. before, and we get those downloads. We'd all love to learn through Satori, but those moments are fewer and further between. Whereas Kensho is teaching us all the time, right? So yes, coaching can sometimes be a little bit like Kensho, but I love it because the willingness that people have when they come to coaching, you know, to purchase coaching, to sort like you really are willing to create something different from the outset. Half the transformation I say occurs at the point that you purchase your coaching, right? Because you demonstrated that willingness. You're ready to shift and change. The rest is the transformational journey, but that was like a real transformation that you did on your own with yourself rather than having someone else by your side going, hey, like this is the best way to map this going forward. Like there's a massive transformation just there. But yes, to answer your question, there is that period where it is a little bit gooey and icky, but then because you're shining a light on some of the darker bits, yeah? Yeah. But it's so great to have that light shone on it because once the light's on it, things can start to be unpicked and then you can sort of start to flow things. And once there's that, you know, you can start building some beauty into that space, which was previously stuck. Totally. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I love your your language around that. I mean, shining the light because stuff's there. Mm. You just can't see it. And, mm-hmm. and we often just keep pulling that through and wonder why our mind feels like a room jammed floor to ceiling with boxes of stuff, right? Because <laughs> it's there, but we've got to, you know, we've got to clear some of that out. And, and to your point, it's, you know, it's taken years, decades mm-hmm. sometimes to, to jam that, that room up. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think we just need to be kind to ourselves mm-hmm. and be patient and, uh, and trust the journey. You know, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. nice thing about all of this stuff, and I, I'm sure you can resonate. I mean, for, at least with some of, of my work, it's, I'm not, in, 
I'm not making any of this stuff up. It's not, it's not like this is new. I mean, mm. no, you know, meditation, <laughs> journaling, all these things have been around for, since the beginning of time. The, mm. the nice thing, or at least the way I look at it, is that we're bringing a relatable narrative to people mm. and meeting people where they're at and, and injecting some of these practices. So if, if to me, at least it gives, it, 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 it gives opportunity to trust it, right? It's not, mm-hmm. this isn't like the next quick fix type scenario. Like this stuff works. Totally. And just to leverage what you've said actually is really important. And I'm going to use that as a springboard to sort of jump into an idea for most of those people that are tuning in. Um, I totally relate, right? Like, yes, the work is ancient yeah, and it's wisdom and it's, you know, it's just being carried forth. And our responsibility is to stand on the shoulders of giants mm. and, you know, be able to wield that sword and be like, hey, like, you know, you can wield this sword too. Like, it's such a blessing. You can slay your demons, your dragons. It's totally possible. Um, and it's such a gift and it's such a gift. And I think therein lies a massive rub for people that are potentially tuning in to the podcast, you know, there's a deep part of them that knows that, you know, meditation or journaling or conscious conversations or music, they know what their path is. Yeah, they really know what their path is. But there are so many people in collective society that they look up to that are doing it already so well to such great efficacy that they feel, instead of inspired, stifled by that right because it's Mm. like well somebody's already carrying it or somebody already did this work you know like alan watts already was potentially one of the greatest philosophers like why do i need to contribute to philosophy right so you get that as an example and it's like you you feel stifled rather than like inspired and that was a big part for me it was like the inspired evolution there are all these people that are inspiring for me i'm willing to evolve onto that path and just show up mess goo guts flops and all (laughs) you know to sort of just see how this all maps out and that's been the journey of the inspired evolution podcast but um yeah i just wanted to sort of leverage that point because you know you're right like it's timeless but putting it into context is our is is what we're doing right and making it accessible um but often find people want to make things accessible as well want to share it with others but there's some self-worth stuff that gets in the way that feels like who am i to really do this and it's like actually who are you not like that's your inner innate passion drive calling calling from within you and mm-hmm. your mind has just put a lid on it because it's like well mark does it better or amrit does it better and it's like no like that's the authentic you like just take the lid off yeah. and you'll be surprised at how much better you are than both of us put together potentially you know um yeah yeah how did you start share. what was your first session or was it a one-on-one was it a group like what what, what were those early days like? <laughs> it's a great question. So um, my wife had just uh, gone on a sabbatical um, for, for six months. And it's interesting, you know, when you're in a, in a partnership, like she had just felt like she's a, she's a dentist. She's like, there's got to be more to life than just filling holes in people's teeth, <laughs> you know? <laughs> when I put it that way, like... I mean, <laughs> Does she love that or what? <laughs> <laughs> when I put it that way, it's like, oh yeah, when you look think about a dentist, that's really what they do. Um, but so she went on this like, and you know, she was like, I think I want to go traveling. Like, and I was like, go. And everyone was like, you're just gonna let her go. And I'm like, first of all, we don't live that way. Like, she's completely her own person. And if she's feeling yeah. not whole and she needs time and space to go, then she should go, you know, and, you know, she'll come back much more whole, like even from that selfish perspective, like, you know, I'd love to have her to be whole. But people couldn't yeah. wrap their head around that. They're like, you're just going to let your wife go into the abyss and see where she goes. <laughs> she was my girlfriend at the time. So, but anyway, okay. so she went on this journey and she was traveling. 
and I'm at home watching like a personal development video um, as usual. I think it was Tony Robbins. God bless him. And I'm sitting Tony there, always gets you. Yeah, always. And as I have as to he gets on the trampoline. Yeah. <laughs> or the who the arms yeah. pumping. Yeah. Exactly. And, <laughs> and so I'm sitting there and I just had this aha moment. And out of habit, like back in our old home, I would just turn and like I would just turn to the couch where my wife would usually be and I'd be like, yo, and I and I realized I was having like a conversation with her. I was already talking, but she wasn't there. And I was like, oh, damn it, she's not here. There's this visceral, like gutted feeling. I was like, damn it, she's not here. I miss her. And then like as soon as I realized that, I also had this like other thought that followed right after it, which was like, oh, surely other people feel the same. Yeah. But people are watching something, having an aha moment, and they want to unpack it, but they don't have that person around them. And then it was like this kaleidoscope of things that really just sort of spiraled into this one moment, which is, you know, I called it like a mandala shift that was happening in me. It's like an epiphany, basically, and it was like a Satori moment. And that's what I called this. It was called mandala moments. I realized that, you know, I'd just recently given up alcohol, so I wanted to socialize with people, but Friday night drinks was one of my favorite things, so I gave up on mm-hmm. that and was like, how do I interact with people? Um, you know, in my travels, I saw this beautiful club called Mandala, and I was like, Mandala's too sacred a word for a nightclub. They should totally take that down. <laughs> that was my judgment at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, all the, and like, you know, when I first moved to Melbourne, like, you know, five, six years before that moment, I always wanted to sort of have people over on a regular basis to my house. But back then it was like cocktails night or some random, that was, that was the stage of life I was at at that point. And so all these kind of realizations just dropped in. I recently just learned how to brew a really mean chai. Like I started, you know, learning mm. from my mother-in-law, like really like getting, tapping into my roots. So all this sort of pummeled into this moment where I just said, you know what, I'm going to create a Facebook group. Um, the average of the five people I spend my time with, I'm going to invite five people that inspire me 25 people that inspire me into my house every fortnight on a Friday. Mm. We're going to shoot the shit. It's going to be chai, chats, and community. And we're just going to talk about stuff. And if, you know, personal development, spirituality, philosophy, all this sort of stuff. And if they're open to it, awesome. If we run out of conversation, I'll put on a TED talk or I'll put on an inspiring YouTube video, just like what happened to me in this moment. And we can unpack it. Um, And I start, Mm. and I just made that option and I started doing that every fortnight. And so what it had started like, what it looked like was literally me just opening up my home, brewing a pot of tea, putting out some, you know, some healthy treats and people just rocking up every fortnight. And the first one, there was two, the next one, there was one. And then it's three by the, like, and then it's like 25 people consistently rocking up fast forward every fortnight to your home to just discuss stuff. And I'm not the expert, right? It was just literally me. Like, and people like, dude, you're spending money on chai, opening up your home, putting in all this effort, like takes a few hours to sort out your house. And I was like, dude, this is like the best school because you're all people that inspire me. And like are here in my living room, I can ask you whatever questions I want. Yeah, like this is this is like this is worth what the eighty bucks, hundred bucks I spent on putting this together every fortnight is so worth it. And then that's how it started. It was just like these conscious circles where we were just talking, sharing, talking, sharing, talking, sharing, talking, sharing. And out of that space, people were like, dude, you should do a podcast. And I was like, nah. And but that's where it started. I started interviewing those people that were coming to these okay. circles. And that became the podcast. Podcasting then people said, hey, would you coach me? Started coaching people, people from the podcast and said, hey, come speak here. And I started speaking. It all started very humbly with me opening up my home, being inspired to evolve and connecting to people that inspired me and inviting them every fortnight to my home to drink chai. Amazing. 
I love it. I love it. I have to ask that I, I get this question all the time. So I'm always curious uh, for others' responses. But for the people that seem like the unaccessible in the world, the mm. Marissa's, the mm. uh, Michael Beckwith is another one coming to mind. Mm. I mean, what, what's been your approach to taking a shot and trying to, to reach people like that? And, and maybe maybe they're just all in your Rolodex, I don't know, <laughs> or in your contact cards, but I'm just curious what, what, what's worked well for you. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So the podcast is quite a transformative journey. And I don't think people really realize that. They're just like, oh, yeah, it's a radio station. It's like, uh, my podcast has taught me so much consistency, like every week publishing a podcast. Like I have like there are so many things in my life that, you know, I wish I had more consistency around. The podcast I have been consistent with. It was easy because conversations like this I love. So, you know, building yeah. a life around the things you love flows. So it was very easy. But nonetheless, consistency and like what was able to be created in four years. Um, so touch wood so far, um, just through that. So to answer, like there are so many nuggets of wisdom that have dropped in just through podcasting. One of them, the other one being like, I would see like, you know, I would see someone come to Melbourne to give an amazing talk and I'd be in the audience and I'd be tuning it in. And then all of a sudden there was always be this like spark and this, oh, I'd love to connect with that person. And then now that I've got a podcast, it was like, oh, I'd love to connect to that person. And actually I can add some value to their life because I can connect them to an audience at the Inspired Evolution. Mm -hmm. And then yet somehow still I would just sit there and just like leave <laughs> very quietly <laughs> out the back door sort of, and I wouldn't ask the question. And when afterwards I would reflect on that in my meditation. I'd be like, come on, man, like there was an awesome opportunity to connect to a really awesome human being and help them. Why did you not? And it was like, it's my self-worth stuff. I didn't feel good enough, right? And that's purely what it was. Like, I didn't feel good enough to be able to have a conversation with Marissa Peer, let's say, right, or Neil Donald Walsh, who conversations have gone, like, he's, like, changed the lives of millions of people. And it's like, yeah. dude, you know, how do I, you know? And so on that, it was just this massive realisation that, you know what, I've got to meet myself with where I'm at. And if there's an inspiration with me, giving myself like the five second rule, one, two, three, four, act within the oh, first yeah. five seconds and just take the action and just see what will happen and just ask, what's the worst thing that can happen? Is they say no. That was another thing to learn. People are going to say no. And I've been rejected more times than I've been accepted. Yeah. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that's so hard to sort of go in there and go like, okay, I'm going to accept rejection. Yeah. But then that yeah. also teaches you. And one of the big mindsets that I've had is no, doesn't mean no, no, just means not right now. Yeah. And yeah. so that's kind of like the entrepreneur in Amrit speaking, which is like, okay, so what do I have to do to get to the show at a level where this person will feature on the show? Right. And that was like mm -hmm. a big focus of mine. So I was like, you know what? They've said no. And instead of no, most people sort of retreat. It's like, okay, what are the parameters for a yes? And they'll be like, oh, you need to have been at least podcasting for like five years or you need to have at least this many listeners and whatnot. And I would write that down and that would become something that would inspire me. It's like, okay, this caliber of individual that is, you know, trying to have this level of impact mm -hmm. in the world will feature on this type of show. I'm hoping that the show continues to build into that space. And yeah. so that's kind of, you know, how it did. It was very organic, bro. Like it started with people in my living room, you know, yeah. and I started interviewing them. And then eventually like, you know, there was just like an opportunity to interview somebody when I went traveling and speaking and shared a stage with them or I went traveling and speaking and, you know, 
met them and they were really interesting and they were on a stage and I was in the audience, you know, vice versa. And it was just kept sort of happening. Even sometimes I've been like the speaker and there's been some really interesting people in the audience that have gone, I'm podcasting you, you know? And so yeah. it's going both ways. Like it's, it's really fascinating, but it's been very organic. And yeah. people often ask me, it's like, how do you feel, you know, just to add to your question, how do you feel, you know, sitting in a conversation, um, with someone like Stephen Kotler, who, you know, like we all love. And it's like, you know, how do you feel in that conversation? It's like, honestly, I, I feel like it's just like, it's, it's great. Like it's a real honor and a, a privilege to be able to have that chat with him. But I'm so excited about the content that we're going to talk about that I don't really put this halo on him. And mm-hmm. I think back though, and I like actually go, oh, some past version of myself totally would have. And then yeah. I have to account for the fact that every podcast every week has been like a gradual step of confidence in what I've been doing because I'm getting clearer and clearer that I'm Mr. Conversation, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'm here to converse. So there's no like, there's not a lot of anxiety around it. It's just like I've been doing this every day with different, different, different people and potentially the caliber of individual, you know, having greater and greater impact in the world. It seems more audacious to the external viewer, but it's actually, they're just a human being in there as well. Um, Holy, and that's it's the key. Super connectable. Yeah. yeah, that is the key. I mean, and it's something I've realized too, with just the, who are you question? I mean, if I, if I go back to it's about 300 interviews now approaching, uh, at least, at least for me, that the answers are very consistent, right? Like when you pull out the pull out the the New York Times bestseller or the Pulitzer Prize nominated or this and that. I mean, now people are answering, "I'm a curious person," or mm. "I'm this," or "I'm," you know, we're all human, and mm. there's a there's actually a lot more similar similarities that 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 you would uh, that you maybe wouldn't expect, right? Mm-hmm. If we can just kind of pause. Um, thank you. Thank you for, for entertaining that question. And I think for everyone listening to it's just, uh, the other really important point and that I resonate with as well, because when you see, you see these type of people on the show, think, oh, okay, well, of course, yeah, you can leverage that guest to get the next one. And so, which, which is true, mm. but you have to start, mm. right? Totally. Right. Totally. You have to start. And yeah. I think you nailed it. Start with the people that you, you can access and that yeah. you, you know, have real conversations, learn, grow, let it, and, and enjoy the damn journey of it. Mm. Right? There's a real humbling in that, bro. You know, like, and I think because we're surrounded by such polished work all around us, such perfectionism. <laughs> when I, now, like people have started in my coaching class, like when I hear the word perfectionism, all I hear is like, bourgeois resistance <laughs> you know like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, and then people are like oh it's just my perfectionism getting in the way and i'm like i know it's the most bourgeois resistance you can have but nonetheless don't be mr like like taken your resistance your perfectionism is resistance and i think yeah. there is just so much resistance around the expectations of what we have something to be but it's such good medicine for us man to just meet ourselves where we're at and like you know i'm putting myself out there and let's just see what happens you know and trust the process and enjoy the journey yeah, love it. Uh, I'm going to shift gears and, and, and start wrapping up because we're we're running low on, on time together, which I, I wish like we I had could talk more. to you forever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. same, same. <laughs> but um, the the audience of this show would be real pissed off if I didn't ask you about your current practices and some of your rituals, routines. I mean, I'm assuming obviously meditation is a big part of that, mm. um, but just some, you know, maybe some of the non-negotiables mm. that are in your 
uh, in your daily routine. And, and especially when, you know, things get a little bit wild. Normally I ask the question, you know, when you travel, like what's the thing that you, you, you hang on to, right? Cause mm. that's often when our routines are, are, are rock, Most but in I mean, jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, <laughs> travel these days is, is really up in the air. Uh, I guess pun intended. <laughs> so, so anyway, what's your, yeah. What, what are some of those non-negotiables for you? Yeah. So, um, the first thing that happens every single morning is as soon as the legs swing out of the bed, um, just some gratitude for being alive. Not everybody woke up the way you did so true. this morning. <laughs> you know, like some people actually passed away in this. Like, I know it's a morbid thought, but legitimately just take a moment and just thanks yeah. for being alive. Like life is such a gift. Um, yeah, you know, just kickstarting my day with that um, is a non-negotiable. And if there's, depending on what's coming through in the day, like grateful for the things that are transpiring in that day and these days touch wood, there's more and more things to look forward to. So I'm grateful that there is such a life to look forward to these things. Um, And so just infusing the morning with gratitude is like a big, big, big piece. From that point, then really simply getting hydrated. Um, It's like, you know, you lose so much water throughout the night, making sure like every morning religiously hydrating with a little bit of sea salt in the water. Um, From there, eliminate shower <laughs> don't have to go into that most people do that anyway uh, <laughs> and then just sitting down to yeah just have a practice it, it some days like especially with the newborn around we were reflecting on this before these days it can be as short as 10 minutes um, sure. before the newborn it was like as long as 60 minutes that i would just sit there um, mm. and connect to my practice and yeah just 10 minutes just sit there start with a little bit of mindfulness connect to my breath and just sink in right? Just sinking and to meditation. And I find them like everybody's practice is different. I find the morning works the best for me because being, you know, this person that is Mr. Inspired Evolution doing left, right and center, like as the day goes on, so much stuff comes in that something really serene about the morning drop-ins for me. Um, There's just a peace and a quiet and tranquility. And, you know, now we live out near nature. It's just gorgeous. So that's my non-negotiables. From Mm. there, generally, there'll be, you know, I'll walk the dog or, you know, there'll be do a workout um, that'll be peppered in. In the evenings, so shutdown routine, um, also really important. So So important. Yeah, I used to try and meditate and it didn't used to work as well for me because I would just be following all these chains of thoughts for all the day. And then I used to try and drop down my next day's to-do list, but then that was this long thing and I'd actually go to bed more anxious than less. And so um, I found 10 minutes of guitar, like just 10 minutes on the guitar just drops me down. Um, And I'm like, it just... And obviously, you know, when you make it a commitment of just 10 minutes, it blows out into like 30 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever. But it's just, you know, 10 minutes of guitar, just connecting to that. And guitaring is like a meditation because if you hit the wrong note, you're not present, right? So it's very much the same. So using that that to come down and then that allows me to sort of drop back in, come home. And so recently I've been exploring, especially with lockdown modes and all this sitting at desks and stuff, a lot of yin yoga. I'd be lying if I said I'd nailed it seven out of seven days out of the week, but generally I get it in about four to five days of the week in the evenings. Um, yeah, just taking some time to just stretch the body in really deep ways, mm-hmm. some yin yoga, and then pull the guitar out. And from that point, I'm really chilled. Um, chats with my wife after bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I love it. Little Tony Robbins just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if Tony's out there with his guitar, but it just no. it works really well for me. Works really well yeah. for me. Yeah. 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 Uh, last or uh, last last couple questions. I mean, uh, actually related to questions. I'm curious if there are any reflective questions that are floating around right now in your life that you're whether you're journaling on or they're just they're they're there for a consistent kind of uh stillness and reflection or during big life-changing events like what are some of those questions for you let me preface that um and i know we're short on time but i just want to preface that with how transformative our call <clears throat> the podcast that you did with me on the inspired evolution was for me um oh. because so what i've opened up to is what i'm what is what i'm realizing is the art of contemplation right because we talked about meditation and then you talked about journaling i was like there's so much similarities in there but and then you said you don't have to journal with a pen and a pad and i was like uh, <laughs> <laughs> is this real aha moment for me and what i realized is going on from there is like contemplation became this real yeah. art form to just sort of contemplate and i literally think it's the antidote for our time because with all the devices and all the screens all the time it's like all this stuff is taking mental bandwidth but what is your intention in allowing your mental bandwidth to be focused on your topic of contemplation which you would call journaling you know that's, i love it yeah so that's been huge for me because then it's been a, a given me things of like to contemplate um and my deepest contemplation at the moment continues to be a contemplation that I invite others on, um, which is very purpose oriented. What is my greatest service to the whole? Mm. What is my greatest service to the whole? Um, yeah. Just allowing that question and it doesn't have to be answered yet, but just using the art as you would know of the question to sort of just ruminate and brew in you to go what is my greatest service you know it is conversation but you know talk conversations on what then <laughs> you know and it's like sometimes like yeah. what sort of conversations what context how do you apply that is it coaching is it speaking is it podcasting is it all of it is it none of it is it you know what is it you know and just allowing myself to be open so what's my yeah. greatest service to the whole um a question that i use a lot Another one um, is, does this align to my values? As you guys know, I was living out of alignment to my values and that caused all sorts of chaos in my life, right? Um, yeah. Does this align to my values is something that I check in with all the time. Like you might say, hey, Amrit, I want to do a podcast or, you know, there's an opportunity for us to go, you know, to Brazil to go on the speaking tour. I check in with my values. I'm connection, contribution, celebration. Will this give me an opportunity to connect, contribute and celebrate? If mm. it's a yes to all three, it's a fuck yes and I'm in. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it's, it's yeah. as simple as that. Does this align to my values? Decision-making all the time. And then I mentioned this earlier as well. It's like another piece that I carry is what is the intention that is emerging in me right now? Your life, we think it's happening from us, like in our head, right? Yeah. But life is actually happening through us. Like we're just an expression of the divine and the universe and creation. It's happening through us. If I can just humble myself a little bit and go, okay, what is this time about in the story of Amrit? right? Like, is mm. this a, it, what part of the saga am I on right now? And just connecting to that, what is the intention that's emerging through, uh, through me right now? What is my truth right now? Um, sitting with that and allowing that to brew an intention that I can then focus on as a contemplation to work forward, journal to work forward um, with. So those are that. three things that are sort of, yeah. I just wanted to drop into this space. I really like the, just that, that pause and, and reflection around, you know, what is my truth right now? And I'm, cause I, I just, I noticed that doing the research for the book and 
studying like Jane Austen or Picasso and whatnot. And like, mm-hmm. th- those were the insights coming from those big, vast bodies of work that they all went through these different seasons. Mm-hmm. Their, their work went through the different seasons. You can mm-hmm. see that in Picasso's work, but then so did his life and so do mm-hmm. our lives, right? Mm-hmm. But we forget that because mm-hmm. everything's moving so damn fast all the time, <laughs> totally. right? Totally. So we can slow it down. Then all of a sudden, you know, you can, you can really, you can really land and contemplate on a question like that. Like, what mm-hmm. is my truth right now? Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh man. Yeah. We could, we could chat forever. We'll definitely have to do more of these. Um, yeah. Last question for you. Just what makes you smile these days? Oh, it's, it's hard not to say my newborn. <laughs> um, he's at this stage at the moment where for the last three months, like he's only 12, 13 weeks. Um, so he's been at this stage where he was in our world because his cute little bubble mm-hmm. of just cuteness but now we're in his world he's starting to see us three months he's starting to develop a nice eye and like been able to see us for like who we are and there's just this you smile at him and he smiles back and it's just like that just makes me smile like it is yeah touch wood there's a whole dimensionality to parenting like it is very challenging um but it is extremely rewarding as well um but yeah before I had the newborn, you would have asked me what it is. And it's, you know, the things that make me smile are what we're doing. These conscious conversations, dropping into conversation, just the joy that it brings me. Uh, It's just an inner joy. (laughs) It just, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, you know, and oftentimes people go, you know, you're doing a lot for the, with the Inspired Evolution podcast, like what a commitment. And it's like, no, <laughs> like I, I've spoke, I've reflected on this. With my wife, like, what do you think it would be like if I didn't have the inspired illusion? She's like, I don't think you'd be as happy as you are. <laughs> you know, exactly. it's legit. It's legit. Like this brings me joy. Like convert, like having conversations such as this and being able to share and thought, like you know, like I said, like the conversation I had with you changed my life. You know, being able to contemplate and carry a contemplation as a journaling exercise out in the world while I'm filling up the gas, while I'm shopping at the supermarket, I'm journaling. Like I'm contemplating, you know, that's been yeah. a game changer. And these things just, you know, as I grow and it, like, it's just so enriching, brings me a lot of joy. So yeah, conversation. Well, first of all, thank you. That really f- fills my heart. Uh, it really made my day with, with, with those comments. I'm glad, I'm glad mm-hmm. that landed for you because, you know, I wanted to thank you obviously for your time and for coming on the show, but the bigger thanks being just the energy you're putting out into this world and mm-hmm. the work that you put out into this world and, I mean, if there's anything that, that my element could, or, or my, my perspective, uh, can, can add to, 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 to your work and in reaching people, then, I mean, that obviously fills my heart and makes me feel great. Um, and yeah, thank you. Thank you. Cause it's, it's, it, it's a dedication. It's, it's showing up every day. It's, you know, striving to improve and learning new things and all of that. I mean, it doesn't, it's, it's not, it's not super easy every day to show up. Mm. And like you said, to be consistent for, I mean, the podcast is just one thing, but everything else that you're doing. So thank you for, for showing up so that others can also show up for people in their lives. Oh, it's an absolute blessing, brother. It's yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way. And honestly, yeah, it's such a, um, it's an absolute blessing and an honor just to be witnessed by someone as, yeah, gorgeous as you on your journey, doing your thing to be your brother by your side. You know, one of my favorite quotes is around us quote, we're all just walking each other home. Um, oh, and yeah, it. it's a real treat to just be walking this path by your side and, and hopefully many others as well. So yeah, thank you. 
Thank you.